20th anniversary Buffy fancast. I'm your watcher Donna. I'm your watcher Jack. I'm your watcher Adrian. Today we're talking about um, the episode Gingerbread. It originally aired on January 12th, 1998. It was written by Thania St. John and Jane Espenson and directed by James Whitmore Jr. (laughs) Sorry, my notes trailed to the side of the paper so I had to rotate it as I as I looked at it. This uh, this episode I kind of have some mixed feelings about because it's... Okay, let, actually, let's start at the beginning. Uh, so Joyce comes along with Buffy on a patrol, and they find some kids that have been killed on a playground. And Joyce is just flipping out about this. Not unreasonable to flip out about dead kids. I don't mean to say that. Um, But basically, the town just explodes into mass hysteria and gets crazier and crazier and culminates with an attempt to burn Buffy, Willow, and Amy at the stake on a pile of books. Man, they're just mixing up all of, like, Fahrenheit 451, burn the witches. Yep. Uh, So, I mean, there's... It's a great story of mass hysteria. I mean, the, the way things change in the town so fast mm-hmm. um, is, uh, is, I think, really well done. But the episode as a whole just doesn't completely work for me. I feel the same. Um, I actually, as I was watching it, um, my husband, who, my, my computer, our computers are in the same room. Um, which doesn't sound like it needs to explain now that I've said it out loud. I thought you were Um, using those synonyms. You're like, my husband. Now you mean my computer. They're the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but they're on the other sides of the room. So, Uh like, if I'm watching something, he can't really see my screen or anything. But he listens to a lot of it. And he was listening to me watch this episode. And he said, how much cooler would this episode have been if there had been no supernatural influence? if this had actually just been a mundane case of mass hysteria. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that would have made this episode a lot more powerful mm-hmm. because then it like, because like this happens, like mm-hmm. things like this do happen. Yeah. And people get crazy. And, um, I feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity or it's a pulled punch. Yeah. On the other hand, it feels remarkably timely, being a 20-year-old episode, in a time right now when we just have these internet lynch mobs that just go after yeah, right or wrong. You know, I'm kind of, like, like if it's, like, a big corporation or a celebrity, you do whatever. You know, like, it's fine. Not fine. It still might be kind of shitty, but it is... The Whisper Network has allowed to be louder, and it is still an important thing, and in many cases, we need these things to come out. Mm -hmm. But I've seen a lot of times where people are attacking a person, like a a normal person, and I'm like, okay, but was this a joke? And sometimes, listen, okay, sometimes you get those, I'm sorry, you were offended apologies, and okay, those are bullshit, but when somebody actually comes out and says, wow, I screwed up, 
I am really sorry. I should not have done that. I was wrong, and I'm going to do better. What more do you want from them at that point? They can't go back in time and fix what they did wrong. They've apologized. They've promised to do better. Chill the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, like, I just think about, like, you know, somebody could take any number of things that I have said on this podcast out of context, and it would sound fucking awful. Yeah. Um, Because I am super sarcastic, and mm-hmm. I often say the exact thing that I don't mean to prove a point. And so, you know, there are times where I see somebody who's screencapped a Facebook post or a Twitter thing and been like, look at this, look at this racist or look at this misogynist or look at this whatever we mm-hmm. need to ruin their lives and i'm like do we like you're like i'm too busy for that shit well first off, I'm, yeah <laughs> but like i don't know i'm thinking particularly about this post i saw where somebody had said something about like do you think trump's going to bring back slavery because i need a maid and first off Oof. that is a tasteless joke yes absolutely tasteless but I don't necessarily meet, think it means she's a racist. I, I don't think it should cause her life to be upended. And I'm like 90% sure she doesn't actually want a slave. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the person who said, I'm going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, JK, I'm white. And I'm like, well, that's a, like a pretty poignant thing. Like, it's a tasteless joke. But it could be a social commentary. But it's, it's spearheading a severe problem yeah. in the world. So about this show that we watched. So about this show. <laughs> um, I thought we needed to see more of Michael. And I'm sad that we didn't see more of Michael. Dude, that is one of my notes. I want more of the pretty goth boy. <laughs> Michael's so pretty. And, and he's we just, so nice. And he's Willow's friend. Where does he go? Where did he go? <laughs> Why wasn't he a white hat? Where? Yeah. Why? Why doesn't he come back? Can he and Larry be friends? Or more? I'm not saying that he's gay because he's goth or because he wears eyeliner. I just think that goth boys and gay boys are often like feminized in a in a toxic way, and that they could bond. Yes, I mean that could work too. They could be friends. They could be platonic friends. I think they could be platonic friends. friends. I don't. Want... Never mind. I think I, I, <laughs> I, was, I was about to say something. Yeah, I just I think I just think we spent a long, like, gay gay people spent a long time pretending to be asexual so that society would like us. But now that society likes us, it's okay to pretend that we're sexual again. Pretend. Yeah, because you know some of us aren't. Why do you say you're gay when you're so bi? Oh, I mean, I, I include myself at, among the gays. <laughs> I wonder how much of this episode Donna's going to cut out. <laughs> I'm leaving all that. That's good stuff. That's good radio man right there. Um, I have a note here that says, I just love the theme and montage. So I guess in this episode, I just really remembered how much I, like, this theme song is so great, guys. Mm-hmm. Such a great theme song. And, like, like I feel like Buffy is sort of what I go to when I think of what an opening for a TV show should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a great little bit. Like, like I never really got into Angel's opening, but Buffy's is really good. And I am constantly, like, bummed out that, um, like, Supernatural doesn't have something like this. Yeah. I like – I don't mind it because every season, every year – I expect a really fucking good previously to carry on my wavered song. <laughs> like, and like, as long as I get 
won really good previously every every year, I will accept the fact that Supernatural doesn't have it. You know, every time Carry On My Wayward Son starts up, I'm like, oh yeah, this episode is important. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like, a good theme, I think, can take you very far. I yeah. watched five seasons of Smallville because every time that theme started, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And then the episode would start, and I was like, fuck. And then <laughs> It's not amazing. It's not amazing. Damn it. But then, you know, Netflix would auto-start that next episode. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this theme song has got me going. We're ready for this. So, yeah, I just think a good theme is really important. Yeah. Um. Yeah, um, we're talking about. I, I did want to talk about. I did want to talk about the theme um, and how it would have been a better episode if it hadn't been supernatural. Um, however, it would have. Also... Okay, wait, wait, wait. It would have been a better episode. This episode of Buffy would have been better had there been no supernatural influence, <laughs> because we were just talking about the show Supernatural. Yes, and so it was. I was very confused for a moment. Yes, this episode would have been better if Supernatural, the TV show, had never existed. <laughs> In the future. In the future. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Um, but uh, like one of the reasons that you couldn't do that is because like I feel like the consequences for the show would have been very severe. Like, cause one, you've now got Willow's mom involved and you've got to deal with the fact that Willow's no longer living at home because Willow's mom just tried to murder her. Um, and then you've and got Buffy's mom. Just and tried to murder her. Joyce tried to kill Buffy. So Buffy isn't living at home. So now they're two underage kids who are living with Giles, maybe, which is going to be really strange. Like at least it's going to look really strange no, from the outside. Living with Amy's father, living with Amy's father. Okay. They're living with Amy's father. Um, and now, and so now that that's that's great because we get Amy as a regular, but unfortunately, like you know, we lose some of our other regulars. Um, I feel like the consequences for the show would have been really severe, and an episode like this would have been an excellent season finale, um, building up like hysteria over the course of like half a season, mm-hmm. um, then like doing it all in one quick go. In one quick go, like, with the supernatural, it's fine because, like, uh, Joyce can say, oh, sweetie, it was just supernatural. Like, it wasn't me that was trying to kill you. Okay, but let's back up, right? So you're you're assuming that the, the episode is not supernaturally influenced and it plays out exactly the same. But if it's not supernaturally influenced, I don't think it would play out the same. Wait, no, that's exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. No, you're saying that it would play out the same. They'd go through, like, Joyce and Willow's mom would try to kill them. Oh, I guess I, I guess I was saying. So I'm backing, yeah, <laughs> I'm backing up, and I'm saying that if this is like if you had, let's play the, my favorite game of in an alternate reality, Buffy went like this. So what you have is Joyce starting this, and then pretty quickly being like, "Oh, damn!" This getting a hand. Willow's mom becomes the leader. Then Willow's mom becomes the leader. Then. And then you could have Willow staying with Buffy. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe Willow's mom doesn't get involved. Maybe it's Xander's parents, who we have already established at this point are fucking D-bags. And so they can come in and be like, no, no, guys. Like, we're going to do all this. And then Joyce and Willow's mom have to come and be like, oh, maybe don't kill our kids. It would have had to have been, though, like a season finale or like the end of a, like the end of Sweep Sweep or something. Though, because like, um, because I feel like I feel like you would have needed. Isn't this near the end of Sweeps Week? Because Amins, Amins, I think was in Sweeps Week because it had a commercial about making collect calls, and if you 
won the contest, you would get to be on an episode of Buffy. So this, didn't this episode air in January? Yeah, sweeps is February. Has that been? Was that true twenty years ago? I don't know. Let's see what episodes are next in the show. I don't um, have that written down yet because we haven't watched them. <laughs> right? Helpless. Helpless is next. Helpless. Oh, Helpless that's the one where Giles takes Buffy's power away. Oh, yeah, that's a really important one. So, yeah, we are getting into Sweeps Week and we're not there yet. Um, but we could be. Like, I don't know. Like, this feels like Amends is really important and Helpless is really important and Gingerbread feels like it's a fucking throwaway. If yeah. it was right before Sweeps Weeks, that would make a fair amount of sense. Yeah, I mean, I, Gingerbread feels like a throwaway. Okay, so I understand all the reasons that it does. But what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to, and it shouldn't, and if this show yeah. were made... I think it would have been a great season finale, or Sweeps Week episode, if or we, just a if good we episode. a not-supernatural... Yeah. Um, well, In feel January like... now, a lot of shows have like their mid-season break. Yeah. yeah. So this could easily be like the mid-season climax or something. Like this doesn't have to be a shitty episode. It could have been. It could have been a much better yeah, episode. It could have been a mid-season climax. Having said so. that, this is this is the amount of notes I have on this episode. There's one page, and this is a small notebook. One page, and then I wrote one line on the next page for some reason, and then two lines on the page after that. So you take notes weird. How so? I don't know. Why'd you only write one line on the next page? I don't know. I think I think I probably wrote that and then flipped back and then. Okay. That's probably what happened there. I think Helpless is our mid-season finale because Helpless is the one where Buffy quits the Watchers Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be right. Yeah. This episode still could have been really big. Yeah, it, it could like, have been. The thing is, it's like yes, I understand all the reasons that this episode was filler, but why? Do we need to have a filler episode when we could have had a really yeah. good episode? Well, yeah, yeah, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely in agreement. If this hadn't been a supernatural thing, like if Hans and Gretel hadn't been like the Hans Gretel demon, and and the hysteria had been not supernatural, this would have made a great episode that would have had to have gone somewhere else in the season because the, it would have been a very important episode for the season and the development of the character stories. Um, it's interesting. Of course, it, it is supernatural. I wonder if the supernatural aspect of the of the monster is what broke through the Sunnydale fog, where most people tend to just not think about. Because Joyce directly addresses the Sunnydale effect in her yeah. speech. Willow's mom talks about witches. Joyce says that the uh, town belongs to the uh, the monsters. monsters, the witches, and the slayers. Mm. Yeah. I do love the dawning horror on Buffy and Willow's face and Giles's as Joyce is talking. Yeah. Because they're just like, oh, fuck, what's she doing? Yeah. Um, Christine Sutherland is such a good actress. She really is. Uh, there are so many times, like, we see her being as good as Giles, Anthony Stewart, Head, Anthony. What is he going by now? Anthony Head? I think he just goes by Anthony Head. Anthony Head. Which is too bad because Anthony Stewart Head, his initials are Ash. Which is oh, cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, AH is just asshole. <laughs> so, um, um, sorry, I'm that's all right. Play crossing your foot. Um, but she's so good. Like her heartbreak in that opening scene is just so well done. Mm-hmm. 
So so well done. I just I, I just want to gush about it a lot. Something I've really appreciated is in the scene where the athletes, where the jocks were harassing Michael. I love that the kids are now at the point that they recognize that Buffy is not to be messed with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Buffy didn't even, did she even say anything or did she just kind of, she just walked up. She just walked up and they're like, nope, nothing's going on. We're walking. Mm -hmm. We're walking. And uh, I like that. You know, it's like the kids are not dumb. They may not, they may not know what's going on, but they do know that Buffy will kick your ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Oz's reaction to Xander? Oh, well, Xander is just being so weird in this episode. Yeah, my note is Xander needs to shut up. Yeah. I don't know why, but... But I loved that at the end when they're going to rescue them, that it was Oz and Xander paired up, working together. I thought that was a really nice resolution to that. Same, same. Uh, Buffy's hair is cute, which is nice. Because just a couple of episodes ago, it was not. It was the horrible wispy bangs. Yeah, weird, weird bangs. Oh, in last episode. <laughs> it was the last episode. So they must have some serious product going on to sweep those wispy bangs into the rest of her hair. Yeah, yeah. Years um, ago, I grew out my bangs completely by accident because I just I, I picked up this habit where I would push my hair back. Yeah. And I just kept putting my bangs back into my hair and then all of a sudden they were grown out. <laughs> but I, I think it'd be strange to just like cut the front of your hair for no reason. Well, it's I also... Not style. Did, style. Okay. I also didn't know at the time that curly girls should not wear bangs. Curls and bangs don't go well together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um... She's like, it's fucking style. Shut up. You don't know. So... The other problem that I think I have with this episode is that it feels like a lot of people are behaving out of character. Like, this seems out of character for Joyce, for her to go as far as she did. And Cordelia, too, seems like to have turned the bitch up to, like, 11. But at the same time, Cordelia was the one who saved everybody. Let's be honest here. Cordelia went and woke Giles up, asked him, how many times have you been knocked out? But it was Cordelia going, something is going on, and going to get help, which is a thing she's good at, yeah. by the way, is That's recognizing true. something's going on and going to get help. Uh, she woke Giles up, and because of that, they were able to work together and uh, and put out the fire. Um, I do think that... I do have that Joyce, note, by the way. How many times have you been knocked out? Joyce is definitely acting out of character, but she's also being supernaturally influenced. See, that's the thing. It's like I like that's one of the reasons that I wish this had not been a supernatural episode, because I would have liked to have actually seen Joyce dealing with all of this mm-hmm. rather than see her supernaturally affected. Yeah, we have this. So in our society, and I think this was highly, highly like. Definitely a thing in the 90s, because I remember Charm doing it a lot, too. Uh, but Buffy did it a lot, too. Smallville definitely did it. Um, but it was basically, like, this idea of, like... So, you know, the basic idea of, like, you get you get drunk, you, like, aren't responsible for your actions because you're crazy now. You're, like, in a drunken super. And mm-hmm. I think that that 
fed into very many like very very many people's ideas of like what the supernatural can do to you or what certain types of rock radiation can do to say an alien being from another planet. Um, right. So basically go ahead. I don't so you have so you have this idea um, that is th- this idea that the supernatural can influence you to such an extent that you are blameless for your behavior and it's so deeply connected with all these other things that we no longer accept as an excuse for behavior. We no longer consider it blameless. Um, and so I think you're having a lot of issues with like that concept in general, uh, that anything should make us blameless for our behavior. Okay, yeah, I can see that. So essentially what this is is, is writers wanting to explore a storyline but then not have to deal with the consequences of that storyline. Exactly. Okay, and I, what what I don't like is that exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like I don't I don't like this reset that we put on things. Yeah, like you think, okay, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter whether it's supernatural or not. Like we still have to deal with the fact that you tried to kill me, mom. Like you you literally put me on a stake and tried to set me on fire. Like yeah. and you're gonna have to deal with that. Like whether or not whether it was you or alcohol or the supernatural. Like you're gonna have to deal with the fact that you did a shitty thing. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess maybe that's part of my issue with this episode is that the mind, the the extent of the mind control that Hansel and Gretel are doing is never really established. Well, Joyce was about to set fire to Buffy. So, well, no, it's established, but it's not shown. Like, what are they doing besides sitting at the table? Okay. okay. Like, like they don't. We don't. We never actually see them doing anything except being there. And, all, all be, the- and and so I'm like, why, what is it that's happening that's making Joyce decide to kill her daughter to keep other children from being killed? I think you have to come to it, like, in order to, in order to understand the author's, like, choice not to put anything explicit in the story that, um, that would say to you, hey, like, you... Like, this is a supernatural influence that is some, such that it's making them blameless for their behavior. Like, it's making them act completely out of character. Like, in order for you to understand that, you have to come to it with the idea that there are things that you can put in your body or do to your body that make you blameless for your behavior. And since you're not coming with that idea, you're coming with, there's nothing that you can put in my body that's going to make me not me. And if somebody puts some shit in their body and they act like not them, I'm still going to judge them. Like for the behavior that I'm they, I'm pretty judgy. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you're coming at it from from a perspective that is, I think, becoming more common the more we understand about alcohol and the more we understand about like gender relations. Yeah. Um, you're coming into it from a place of no, I no longer believe that alcohol is an excuse for anyone's behavior. So you no longer come to the story with that implication in your head that there are things that could happen to you that make you blameless. Whereas, like, the writer of this, I think, is expecting us to come with that in mind. So that when we see when we see Joyce trying to burn Buffy, we're like, oh, but she was drunk at the time. And we get it. I, I, I'm going to object to the analogy of drunkenness. Because, I mean, I get what you're saying, that there was a different expectation at that time than there is now. But you are still entirely you when you're drunk. You've got some lowered inhibitions, maybe some reduced ability to make decisions, but you are still you. In the world of Buffy, when you get 
turn into a vampire, you are possessed by a demon who is taking control of your body. She I know, agree with you. I know she won't, but I'm saying that's the lore as established. Um, and in the case of um, of this episode, these kids are clearly getting in there and manipulating the very way their brains are working. Because Joyce would never, See, never set fire. I agree with that. And I guess what I need, since I I am, like, Jay knows I'm very much of the opinion that, like, whatever you do, you are responsible for uh-huh. in some way. Um, like, you, you the faulty, deci- like, there are a lot of reasons why people make bad decisions, and I totally understand that. But you are responsible for how you treat other people. Yeah, when I say that alcohol lowers your ambitions and alters your ability to make decisions, I'm not offering that as an excuse. Right, right. Um, but so since I am so much that, I needed – maybe I needed something more. Here's another thing that I'm coming to this episode with is I'm coming to this episode having watched shows like Breaking Bad now and shows like you know Game of Thrones and things that have set high stakes and made big promises with their story mm-hmm. and delivered. There is not a single bad episode of Breaking Bad. True. A lot of people will say the Fly episode. It's one of my favorites. It's not a bad episode. It's not a bad episode, and it is the only one that you could take out of the whole set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but with Buffy, there are a lot of episodes that you could take out. And my opinion on TV now is that there is no reason to have a filler episode. Mm-hmm. Like this could have been a really good. Every episode has the opportunity to be really good and really important. Yeah, and like to your to your like objection of my analogy, like like for you, I would have said like I would have said, is there anything? in your mind, that a human being could do to their body that would make them blameless for their behavior under the effects of whatever it is that they did. I think so. No, there is not. Okay, so, uh, you, so you, actually, you actually understand, like, you actually come to it, like, from the same place as she does. But you forgive, but you forgive the episode for the supernatural. Well, I see, know that uh, you can have like brain damage that alters your personality. Yeah. I know that you can go through a lot of things. I know that like trauma, like I I know all of this, but I still strongly believe that you have the ability to make a decision about how you treat other people. Uh, I am, or I'm, it is my responsibility as a person to not be treated poorly. So if if somebody is crossing a boundary, yeah. Go on, sorry. I'm, I'm objecting to the analogy of drunkenness to supernatural influence. But no, I absolutely agree. Um, you No, if you if you get drunk and do something bad, then you yeah. did something and bad. And she's arguing that if you get supernatural and you do something bad, you still did the bad thing. No, like, I'm not necessarily arguing that. Okay. What I meant to say earlier and why I think you're going on this road is that I would have liked to have seen an episode in which Joyce was honestly having to deal with the fact that her daughter is a slayer. She was honestly having to deal with the fact that supernatural things exist. I think this could have been that episode, but instead of that, it became an episode in which people were being supernaturally affected to do things. So Joyce never actually gets to or has to deal with what the what she now knows the world is. And now that you mention that, we got a scene where Willow talked about how her mother's behavior had changed. We did not see Joyce reacting. Exactly. You're right. <clears throat> so there were two scenes in this. I mean, there were a lot of things that were really, like, triggery. I think that's another thing about this episode, why I wanted it to be better, is because there are a lot of triggery things mm-hmm. that are done. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just feel like if you're 
if you're doing that, you need to treat it with respect Mm -hmm. or acknowledge that you're doing it. And I feel like this episode fails in some of that. But, like, Michael getting attacked was kind of a brutal, difficult-to-watch scene. Yeah. Um, and, uh, did somebody call somebody a dyke? I don't remember that, but I don't disbelieve that it happened. I have it written down. Is that the bit where Angel is talking about putting your finger in the dyke? Yes. And then Buffy is, like, laughing about it or something. Mm -hmm. And, um... I don't know, man. Something about that joke this time, like, kind of... And I was like, oh, this is the 90s. But but the joke was when Buffy said, I always thought that was a duck. That makes more sense. I don't think there was ever a dyke joke in there. There was a look on her face when he said dyke. <laughs> I have this... Years ago, I'm not even going to go into why I asked my dad this question, but I I asked my dad how he would go about getting over a fence that had two rows of barbed wire on it. And he responded with, I think I would take a stepladder and a pair of dykes. And I remember just sitting there. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to say, why would you need two lesbians? But... In my thought, in my head, I'm thinking, what is he talking about? And I don't even remember how this resolved before I finally understood that that was short for diagonal wire cutter. Oh. So he would take a step stool and a pair of wire cutters, which like, that makes so much more sense. (laughs) Yes. yes. So um, I'm sure I had a very similar look on my face. At that point. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess that's just maybe, like, I, I that's the kind of joke I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that Michael, Michael getting attacked made me super. That was hard. That was hard. He was so nice. Yeah. I'm going to look him up. What's he doing now? I don't know. I am totally out of notes. What about you guys? I have one more. Okay. Well, go ahead and look your thing up. Amy Rat. Amy Rat. That's right. This is this is the Amy becomes a rat. Yep. Which is important forever. <laughs> Blake Swinson. Oh, he's a member of Rilo Kiley. What now? Rilo Keeley, the band. I'm not familiar with them. I don't actually know how to say the name of that band. Oh my gosh, guys! He was in Salute Your Shorts. I'm just gonna fan about fan out about him forever now. Uh, yeah, so he is in Rilo Kylie. He's in The Elected. Um, he led Night Terrors of 1927. Uh, he was in Salute Your Shorts and Boy Meets World. Uh, Third Rock from the Sun, Melrose Place, The Wonder Years, My Two Dads, Family Ties. Dude, Michael from Buffy, you're amazing. <laughs> Michael, we wish we could have seen more of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Amy Rat, And that's all I got. Um, I don't know, man. This episode, this is another episode that I just really, really wanted to like more than I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not... I'm sorry, I don't mean no, to play Toxic right. with there. Um, it's not horrible, but it's just a little disappointing. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just, just, just disappointed. In the lore... Hans and Greta are manifestations of a demon that feeds on the persecution of Hmong mortals. Mm. 
And there wasn't persecution going on there. Okay, but wait. So does that mean that Buffy and Willow both count as mortals? Among mortals. Among mortals. Okay. Um, so yes. I guess they would. Yeah, I think because mortals refers to humans in, in the series. So here's the thing that sort of confuses me about the Hansel and Gretel thing. Because, like, okay, I love fairy tales. And I love seeing them reinvented and and revisited and all that, but I'm not really getting the Hansel and Gretel connection because Hansel and Gretel were fucking poor and nobody knew about them. And then when they died, nobody cared. So like, or they didn't die whenever they killed the witch and they went back home, like nobody cared. Like their parents were kind of bummed that they came back. No, I thought everyone was happy because they all had like pastries to eat. I mean, pastries go bad, dude. Yeah, but not in fairy tales. Grimm's fairy tales? Okay. It's a magic, magic fairy tale. Yeah, magic fairy tale. Magic fairy tale pastries. I don't know. I thought that one ended happily. I, yeah, I must have been put No, I mean, the, the Grimm brothers, when they collected fairy tales, they changed a lot of the endings. But you, the thing to remember about fairy tales is that they were primarily told by women to other women. Mm, and Warning, like, like as a, both those is like a form of entertainment and also as a way to, like, prepare you for what's going to happen. And now that I know that a woman's life is essentially existential horror all the time, like, <laughs> it makes sense to me. I mean, that's, that's why you have so many fairy tales that are about like, you know, the, the, all the first story where the girl is beautiful, like her mother and then the mother dies and the father's like, I guess I'm going to marry my daughter now. And she has to like run away. Like, that's why you have stories like that because it's basically like, this is, to prepare you for the fucked up shit you're gonna be put through by men. <laughs> no, I'm totally serious. So when when the Grimm's brothers collected a lot of these stories, they changed some things. Like oftentimes the um, the witch or the hag in the fairy tales were fairies and they were beautiful. But when the Grimm's brothers collected them, they changed them to ugly hags mm-hmm. and things like that. So you got Hansel and Gretel who go into the forest and they kill the witch and then they go back home. But the thing is, is that their parents fucking put them in that forest because they couldn't feed them. Yeah. So like when they came back, nobody's excited about that. They're just like, oh, fuck. They put them in the forest like three times. This was uh, this was definitely not Buffy's best adaptation of a fairy tale. It was not. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I got nothing. Okay. Amy Rat. Although I wish we could see more of Amy, and we could see more of Michael. I don't know. Uh, two? I think that there were some shining points, like Michael. He just really stood out. Like, he really, really stood out in this episode. Yeah, he did. And I think maybe because part of it is, like, I don't actually often see characters that are like me very much on TV um, unless they are the bad kid that then reforms and learns how to not do their smeary eyeliner and wears colors besides black. So, yeah, so we're my, hoping that for you someday. What? Yeah, right? Well, and so no, that, like, that's one of the reasons that Michael stood out is because he was genuinely sweet. Like he wasn't presented like he had problems or like anybody needed to reform him or show him the you know it's the breakfast club thing it's the allison in the breakfast club she starts out goth and she's cool and then they give her a makeover and they take away all of her eyeliner and pull her hair out of her face and give her a white shirt and now she's like 
a million times not who she was and less interesting than who she was before. She's, she's just a pretty girl. Yeah, she's just a pretty girl now. And, like, so Michael was interesting because he was this boy who was wearing eyeliner and being gothy and was also just genuinely nice. And so you don't see that very often, and I think that's one of the reasons that he stands out so much. And I wish that he could have been around more. Like, you just don't see, like, rebelliously dressed characters casually being on TV very often. So was that your argument for three? Because, like, if that's the case, I love the fact that Larry was that white hat in The Wish, but... No, and that's the thing. No, no, it's not my argument for being it being three. I'm saying there were shining moments of coolness. Yeah, there were shining moments of coolness, and... And, and I think the biggest thing about to remember about doing a Buffy fan cast is that while we're fans, it's a it's a it's a one to five uh, criterion measure, and like we don't want to never use ones, like like even if Buffy like is like Buffy is obviously an awesome series that we love so ter- so incredibly, but like you got to use the one sometimes. I can't think of an episode of Buffy that I would give a one to right now. I can't think of one either, but I think this one is one of the ones that I think could have been so much better um, and, like, earns a two unless somebody wants to give an argument for a three. No. The only real argument for a three I have is just this is kind of... um, Iconic is not the word. Um, but it is it is a memorable episode. When, when when you ask somebody to name some Buffy episodes, this is one they will probably mention. Because really, not for me. Okay. I don't even think it would have been for me, even though this is where Amy turns into a rat. I think I often forgot about this. Okay. One. We know, like, we knew that Amy was a rat from other episodes that mm-hmm. told us this. Yeah. But like, but this episode, like, uh, wasn't memorable for me. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. Two. I think I did say that I would have given Dead Man's Party a one now that I'm looking back at my notes. But I was just angry that it was so perfect for me and I didn't like it. I think there were, <laughs> I think we've given ones before. There was one episode that would, like took us to 11. It was like, <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, the reptile Boy. Reptile Boy. Fuck Reptile that Boy. That was a one. That was definitely a one. And if it wasn't a one, I'm going to go back and make it a one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... Did we also give a one to uh, the swim team? Go fish? I don't know. I don't think we did. I'd have to watch it again to judge it. I don't think you should. You guys watch it again and judge it for us. <laughs> Tell us what I don't think. think you should either. <laughs> All right. If you guys would, please go visit us on Google Play and iTunes and give us a rate, a review, and a subscribe. Social media! What? <laughs> <laughs> He's anticipating. Um... I but maybe don't do it right after this episode because we got a little controversial here. Yeah, yeah. Let 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 it let it kind of simmer simmer a little while. But yeah, uh, it really helps us out if you, if you do that. And then um, uh, and then uh, I think Jack maybe wants to tell Twitter. you tell you about Instagram, social media. Ah, once more with Buffy. What is wrong? Once with you? more W Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> once more W Buffy is our handle. Um, that's W for win. Once more, W Buffy. So my daughter's been watching this movie called Bleep over and over again, and there's a character named Nora, and when you meet her, she's like, my name's Nora. That's the name. Goes with my face. People call me Nora. 
You remind me of her right now. Yay. <laughs> and then Laura the Luchadora. What? No, I don't know. <laughs> and there's something else I say right now, and I think maybe it's about Gumby Cat. Yes, and yes. Our, and our brother wives and our sister wives. Whoa! We are so totally not married to our other podcasts. Okay, sorry. I know we're, we're not married to our other podcasts. We're married to Gumby Cats, and Gumby Cats is all of our. No, that's not how it works. Collective Snark and Beyond the Cabin in the Woods are our sister podcasts, and The Family Business is our brother podcast, which is a supernatural fan cast. And it's a platonic relationship. And it is a very platonic, brotherly relationship. It's like a brother to me. But not like a Winces brother. Oh my god! (laughs) Definitely not like a Winces brother. Ugh! Anyway, please go check out GumbyCat.com where I promise you significantly less discussion of Wincest. Grr! Arg! <laughs> I'm not sure that's a selling point. GumbyCat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.